1: Hello, hello. We have an important show today because this show really is about mindset. Well, all of the shows are about mindset, but this is one that's a little unique to entrepreneurs and that in my experience, entrepreneurs don't take on often enough. It's about competitors. It's about making friends with the competition instead of viewing them as the enemy. So, we're going to make friends with the enemy today. And I think that's just really important because, you know, business owners often view their competitors as that enemy. And I think it's short-sighted. So, we're going to talk about how we can use the competition to get ahead, how we can become more familiar with them and, uh, in many cases actually have, make it a very friendly competition. So I have an example of, um, how we view competition, and maybe how we shouldn't view competition, from from my very own life. Uh, I owned a coffee house back from two thousand and one to two thousand and four, and it was a large scale coffee house. We had a private conference room and a drive through, and you know four thousand square feet and a little kitchenette, and you know we served lunch and everything. It was it was really a, a sizable place. It's. Um, Bigger than your typical Starbucks, let me put it that way. And a frequent question I got from people when we'd start talking about the industry, mostly customers, was, "Don't you just hate Starbucks? Don't you just hate them?" No, I didn't hate Starbucks. Now you would think a small independent with you know six Starbucks rivaling them in the immediate area would be uh, you know a little um, upset about the competition, but. I viewed it this way. Starbucks is responsible for reintroducing the culture of coffee in the United States, right? I mean, in the 60s, the little underground-like coffee house was really, really popular, but it, it, it faded quite a bit. Kind of lost its popularities, and and they reestablished that, and they established it in countries where the cafe culture never even existed, and uh, you know brought that culture to other countries. Yeah. Starbucks put the romance back in the coffee experience is the way that I like to put it because if you're if you're a fan of Starbucks or the coffee culture at all, you, you would view it as very romantic. It really is and it, you don't just go there for your coffee obviously because what kind of nut pays six bucks for a cup of coffee just for the taste. It's the experience. It's the whole experience. It's the ambiance. It's the team. It's the people you meet there. The things you run into. You know, there, um, whatever it is, there's a reason you go there beyond that cup of coffee. And without these romantic notions, consumers wouldn't have given a second look at my little drive-through or or stopped by for a cozy fireside chat over that delicious cup of Joe with their friends. So I always said, "Hey, hey, thank you, Starbucks." But you know, the truth is. That the coffee giant did make it impossible for an independent retailer like me to compete um, because they they were branded, they were very very well branded. Definitely, uh, everyone knows who Starbucks is, even if you aren't a coffee house officiato. And in my area, especially at the time, because what this was, you know, ten years ago. By the time I left the industry. Uh, this area was very transient, meaning executives came in, their families moved their families in for one or two years, and left. And what tends to happen in areas like that is that people like to go to the familiar. So, what was the case back then, which has changed a little bit now, thank goodness, is people preferred the restaurants like TGI Fridays and um, you know Chili's and and the chains like that because it was like back home. And so, the small independents around here didn't have a chance. And that is unfortunately really, really, really common. So, and and of course, the other reason that they made the top competition so fierce, because they could not beat my product in taste or value or, you know, certainly couldn't beat out my store in experience. But and they could certainly beat my prices not my not my consumer prices but my cost of goods and so I had to compete with their prices, even though my cost of goods were probably about 80% higher than them. I mean, I was paying six fifty a pound for coffee back then, and Starbucks was paying under a dollar for their wholesale beans. So that gives you an, an example. So, yeah, sure, I resented that, but for the most part, I kept my eye on that giant, like, Anything because I always needed to stay ahead of their next step. So I did not view them as the enemy. I viewed them as a friend because they helped me compete in the market. So it's time, you know, stop viewing your competition as the enemy and instead use it as the catalyst to your brilliance. Instead of investing all that precious time and energy into hating and envying your competition, you can use it to become the very best entrepreneur you can possibly be. You can use the competition, keeping an eye on them, to to really stay ahead of the game. And I have an example for you from, from another business and that's uh, Boston Beer. So they're a pioneer of the craft beer movement. And they brew Sam Adams, Samuel Adams Beer. So they're huge, huge, huge. Now, the chairman and the founder of that company is Jim Cock. And he founded the business in 1984. And just to give you an example of how big they are, uh, they did $739 million in revenue last year. And... Since 2008, Boston Beer has given out more than three million in micro loans to other craft brewers. Hello. They're 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 helping other brewers grow their business because Jim feels that supporting competitors just it can make sense. He he likens it to, and I, I really enjoyed this, he likens it to yeast and beer. He said that. If yeasts are working together, they can change the ecosystem for the mutual benefit of all. If they aren't, other organisms can take over and the yeast will fail. And he said that business, especially in his industry, is kind of like that. So... You know, Boston Beer also shares their innovations with with the whole industry. For example, um, when they were the first brewery to age beer in used spirit barrels, this was back in the 90s. They got a lot of calls from, from competition, from other people in the industry, asking like, where do you get those barrels and what's the secret? How do you do it? What do you have to change when you use these barrels? How do you get approval to use these barrels? And you know what? Jim shared. He gave his employees permission to share all of that information. And about a year ago, they invested a million dollars to develop a beer and this, this particular beer, it's, it's a system to get more air into the beer so that when the consumer drinks it, they can better experience the taste and the smell of the beer at the same time because there's more air in it. I'm not sure how that works, but that's, you know, what they license this design to do. And when they license the design, you know, we're all worried about patents and somebody else picking up on our idea and stealing our idea. Listen to this. When these guys license this design to a manufacturer, they only did it under the condition that it let other craft brewers use it for free. That's it. You got it. Free. And, you know, it helps to differentiate beers from beers. The big guys is. Have- have developed and and uh, it, it, that's important to them. So I've got one more example from them because I just think they're they're pretty amazing. In 2008, there was a, a hops shortage, and this was worldwide. And you may or may not know, but like hops is the foundation of beer, right? So a lot of uh, craft brewers got caught short, especially the small businesses, but. This company, Boston Beer, had enough because they buy so far in advance on contracts. So they put out an announcement to craft brewers that they would sell them their hops, not for profit, at cost. And they helped more than 200 breweries. And you know a lot of these smaller businesses were faced with shutting down because they didn't have supply and then they repeated that in two thousand and twelve when there was a shortage of a very desirable kind of hops um, that is used in a certain ale and uh, you know I mean I just think that's amazing, so that's what we're here talking about today and and that's the the spirit in which. You can compete. And we've got some, you know, some, some pointers on, on how to use your competition to stay ahead. And uh, I've got some tips on um, embracing, you know, new technology and some, some insight that I actually grabbed from one of my fellow authors at Inc. as well. About three amazing tools for you to use to spy on your competition. so I think it's I think it's really important that you know we use all the different angles and all the different levels here to uh, to make friends with the enemy in in many different ways. So that's what we're here speaking about today. So coming up after this break, I'm going to talk about why and how you should give your customers another reason to choose your brand so you know your customers you know why they're coming to you but your competition is is if they're good especially larger competition okay they are going to continue to give customers another reason to choose the brand and If they're, say, equivalent competition, like Starbucks was really big, I wouldn't even consider them competition, but they're on par with you, maybe they're not going to do that. And maybe that's the one advantage that you can use to get ahead. So make sure to stay tuned as we talk about these pointers. And I'm so happy you're here. This is Marla Tabaka. We'll be back in a minute.
0: secrets in you to create a happier more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power it's the million dollar mindset with Marlon Tabaka, and we'll be right back after these Mark Lapinski is coming to Toginet it's creative mojo with Mark Lapinski a live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at three two central on toginet.com creative mojo it's fun entertaining informative inspirational and illuminating Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklipinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central, on toginet.com.
2: Have you heard?
0: And so
1: you'll hear me talk about and see me write about scaling your brand, uh, scaling your business, making it, um, putting it on autopilot and creating systems, right? But in a small coffeehouse environment, unless you want to franchise or have several, uh, several locations, you can kind of break those rules. It's important to have systems for your employees and things like that. But there are some things you can do if you have a retail space, for instance, or really a lot of different kinds of businesses fall into this under this category. So let me give you an example. I said that we want to give your customers another reason to choose your brand. And this is important. So take a look at your competition, okay? Starbucks is a machine, right? There is a system for everything and it pretty much can't be broken, but and 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 i knew that even my delicious fair trade coffee wasn't enough to bring customers through the door you know as consistently as starbucks i mean that's just not realistic so i gave more dimension to the consumer experience i created a community I added open mic nights every single Friday and they were awesome. I mean, these things attracted actually ended up attracting people from all over the world. I kid you not. There are people who travel to open mics in different cities and my fat bean coffee house was actually a destination for the people who do that. You'll get musicians who will take a year sabbatical and just travel like that. And I mean, I had people from different countries and and. I, South, South Africa. I mean, it was amazing. And I also, on Saturday nights, I brought in great bands. And again, you know, we attracted people from so many different states. And I did art shows and book signings. And I even had a private conference room that I opened up to local businesses and organizations. So think about what you can do. In addition to your products and services or how you can scale them in a different direction than your your competition is, you know, Starbucks could never do what I did in terms of creating that kind of that level of community because it's not scalable, right? They could not in, in any way bring bands and, and things in, into their coffee house. I'll tell you what, it is a ton of work to do that. It's just not scalable for, for a giant like uh, Starbucks. And I did have local community coffee house competition as well. And you know what? We used to loan each other, you know, supplies when, when we ran out. I went over to another coffee house and I trained their barista for them. I mean, you know, it was a really friendly competition and it paid off. So think about what can you do to stand out from the competition by offering something of value that your competitors don't. You give the customers a better reason to choose your, your product or your service when you do that. So how can you help your customers go beyond a simple purchase and truly experience your brand? I was talking to um, my accountant this morning and, you know, I tell small business owners this all the time. When you're growing, you kind of tend to, to not fix the things that aren't broke. And one of the mistakes that people make is staying with the same accountant as they grow. Well, I'll tell you what, when your business starts, earning, you know, seven figures or or even if it, if you're going from under a six-figure annual revenue and you break that six-figure mark, um probably when you're up around 150 or 200, you really need to look an accountant who is truly a small business accountant who can do more than just your taxes. Somebody you need to meet with quarterly. But that's a little off topic. So my accountant is like that. And, and she won this huge award, one of 35 CPAs firms in uh, the Chicago, in Chicagoland to win this award of like top quality five star excellence. And she, does she does so much more for her clients than your typical accountant who you talk to once a year? I mean, she's known to call up clients and say, "You know, I was thinking about your business. Have you ever thought of this?" Or, "I was thinking about you this morning. I met this person at this event, and and I really like to introduce you." Um, you know she'll do that she creates that kind of relationship so it's like this bonus added service that she offers just by being who she is and she's got like six or seven employees and um you know she still makes the time i mean she's that big and she still makes the time to add this to her to her service okay and it's kind of something you grow to expect from her because that's just who she is and she certainly puts her other uh in her employees on that mission as well to help her accounts at the deepest level possible. So that's that's an example for a service-based business. Um, in my business, you know, there are so many things I do as well, like writing my article and doing this podcast. Not a lot of coaches do these things, right? Not a lot of coaches out there write for for Inc. Magazine and and so – I know I got I got a message from somebody the other day that literally made me cry. She she told me how inspirational she finds my articles and ink. And she said that she's meeting with a huge potential investor. He's a tech investor. And she said she reached out to him because of something I said in one of my recent articles. And she didn't tell me which one, but um, that it gave her the courage and the inspiration and motivation to reach out to this guy. And no matter what the outcome of the meeting, it didn't matter because she she grew in leaps and bounds, just the fact that she got the meeting. and And so... That's the extra touch that I put into my business is by helping a lot of people for absolutely free, you know, absolutely free. And I love it. So think about what you can do to give your customers more reasons to choose your brand. Okay, so that was number one. That was tip number one, a long-winded one. Um, you want to do this too. This is tip number two. Keep the price down to remain competitive, okay? Okay. My, my coffee house had to stay competitive with Starbucks. In fact, I felt at the time, although now I would do this differently because times have changed, but back at the time, I had to keep my prices lower than Starbucks to remain competitive. And When I purchased that coffee house, the previous owner actually opened it. And she had it for about 18 months. and When I purchased it, I knew that I would have to bring down the cost of goods, a lot, a lot. And what that did is it really forced me to move outside of my comfort zone and to learn to negotiate with the vendors, okay? I wasn't out to rip anybody off, but I'll tell you what, vendors, you know, when you're with them for a little while, they'll start upping those prices, and you've got to stay on top of that. So I had what I called my six-month rule, and I had a, a vendor's list, and I made sure to touch base with all of my vendors twice a year and say, okay, I need to bring down my cogs. What are you gonna do for me? And there were times where they said, wow, nothing. I mean, nothing nothing we can do. I would say, okay, I'm gonna shop around. And then it was amazing what they could really do. So in many cases I did. I found new suppliers and I, I moved, I vendor hopped when I had to, no shame to that. And I never stopped negotiating. You know when you're paying over a hundred dollars for one box of cups that lasts three or four days, you you, you know if you can get that for ninety one dollars, whoa, that's a huge saving over a year. So it is well worth your time or an employee's time to to negotiate. Don't get complacent about costs just because those suppliers have served you for years, it doesn't mean they can't do better so also if you are a manufacturer or you know you you actually produce something and import it or whatever you do keep an eye out for new materials and parts or products that will create a cost savings for you i was talking to my daughter and son-in-law this weekend who have a very very successful business in san jose and you know, they, they realized that they were using the highest grade stainless steel possible. And for the outside of their product, that's really pretty important. But the highest grade stainless steel it doesn't necessarily mean that it's um, you know, like a lower grade I should say, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's going to stain or rust. It it may discolor in some way a little a little bit, or maybe a little bit more less um, the The higher grade one could be less more scratch resistant. I'm getting my grades mixed up. I'm sorry um uh, but you know it doesn't necessarily mean you're using a much lower end part or material, so they realized that there were parts on the inside of their equipment that they sell, that they don't need to use this high, high grade stainless steel. And they're going to save so much money. It's insane just because of that awareness. You know, they thought, oh, we're going to use all the best equipment and materials. But you know what? It's not cheating to do that. So they're going to downgrade that that material that's on the inside, it is still going to be the absolute same amazing quality. It is not going to influence how the machine works or anything like that, and it's going to save them a lot of money. So take a look. You know, technology changes. Just because you have a mold for your product that creates it one way, it doesn't mean that you can't create another mold that does it another way that may make it cheaper, less expensive for you in some way. Look at shipping costs. um, oh my gosh, freight is an area where people get complacent and you can save so much money. Now, be careful because there are a lot of freight carriers out there who are not reputable. So you want to work with, you know, call other businesses who use those carriers, ask what they use, who they use, and um, make sure to get recommendations and referrals. But these are the places you can look to keep your price down. So watch what the competition does make sure you stay competitive in pricing and and even find a way to to either beat their pricing or establish such a high level of quality in your brand that people are willing to pay more so that's very important so we are about to go into another break and when we come back we're going to talk about how you can Innovate because you're an entrepreneur. You are innovative, but sometimes again, complacency is is the key word today. It's the buzzword here today. We can get so complacent when things are working, and I'm going to tell you a story about how it doesn't always work and how you know businesses really get in trouble. So make sure you stay tuned, and we're going to come right back at you in just a couple of minutes.
0: In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of paying it forward. For more information about Josephine, her business. Business and background you can go to mymom Josephine Gerassi has always been a problem solver she saw this need and has turned it into a movement it's paying it forward with tips tools and advice and hard lessons learned these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you your business and others so join us for paying it forward with Josephine Gerassi Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m 9 a.m central on wnet.com
3: everybody
0: everybody
3: mobile is the future and the future is now listen in each week tuesdays four to five central to brilliant mobile marketing with your host mobile mary as we simplify the hottest marketing channel mobile marketing and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant be more profitable and have more fun in your industry Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with brilliant mobile marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central. Welcome back to The Million
0: Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's The Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka.
1: I'm so glad that you're listening today and I hope this information is truly, truly helpful for you. You know, we have a lot of different entrepreneurs out there, a lot of different types of entrepreneurs. They they operate in many different ways. Sometimes we have the entrepreneur, and this is mostly who I work with, who comes up with that kitchen table idea, I call it, you know, oh, gosh, my son needs a birthday gift every other month or every second week, because there are so many birthdays, and I'm really tired of shopping for gifts. So I'm going to create a company that does, you know, custom gifts for kids between the ages of four and 12, you know, and make it easy for moms to shop. You know, really, really, that's that's one of them. And, and it's a huge hit. So those are the kitchen table idea entrepreneurs, and they tend to really stay with their business as a career. Uh, They stick with it. They don't evolve into any other kind of business necessarily. Um, and, And sometimes that's really, really good. And sometimes it's really, really not. So you've got to remember because I've seen that strategy backfire. Well, the other type of entrepreneur, I should say, is the one who is constantly innovating, just constantly. These these, especially millennial-aged entrepreneurs, those uh, late 20s into the late 30s – well, I think it's mid-20s into the late 30s um, – you know these guys are out there just constantly start launching companies selling them turning them over and moving on to the next and they just keep going and keep going and keep going and yeah talk about innovative oh my goodness right it's crazy but i'm talking to the entrepreneur who maybe doesn't do that when i when i talk about this it's important to remember that while your product or your service may be just awesome today and it may be doing just fine that what sells today isn't always going to sell tomorrow. I've had so many entrepreneurs come to me for coaching because their once successful business became a cash drain. I once had a woman who manufactured a, a certain type of a brand for a clothing line, and uh, it was it it just it just stepped off huge. It it did. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful business for her for many, many years. But let's face it, the retail industry has changed. You know, with the onset of, of um, you know how people shop from their devices now. I mean, I do it. I do it. I go out and I get everything I have to on foot. By going to actually retail locations, but like my clothes, I'm not going to buy too many clothing type items online, but I've started buying my shoes online because you know what? You can try them on and send them back for free if they don't work. Order three pairs, some what you don't want back for free. You know, it's great because shoes, shoe stores don't carry my size. I have a very, very narrow foot, so I'm kind of forced into doing that. But I buy all my almost all of my pet supplies online. You know, like you, you probably buy so much online. So, retail has been forced to change to survive. So, that means that a lot of retailers no longer have space for her her wonderful design. And maybe the design wasn't so trendy anymore. I don't know. But they're leasing space now in their stores to, to conglomerates, you know. And, and they're not selling as many of these small business types of items. So... Watch your competition because they be may, they may be more in tune with something that you're not aware of. And, and stay ahead by learning from what they do and what they succeed at as well as what they don't succeed at. Okay, recognize their strengths and what they do better than you do and it'll keep you grounded and realistic and keep you away from that complacency that we're talking about So too many entrepreneurs get very, very very caught up in the day-to-day operations that they neglect coming up with the next great idea. So evolve. I I once had a client – who made a – and and I'm trying to maintain confidentiality here, so I don't want to describe these products, but she had a hair product, let me put it that way. And it did pretty well for her. It supported her family, but she had one product. And, you know, eventually – she she's going to need more products because her product may be rendered obsolete, or somebody may come up with a better thing, or some large, you know, when her patents expire, some large manufacturer may come along may come along and and you know make her product right, and so. She had to come up with other products. It was really important, but had she not come into coaching, she wouldn't have realized that she would have, she would have ridden the train for as long as she could. And then she'd be knocking on a coach's doors or someone's door saying, help. I don't know what to do. Nobody's buying my product anymore. So don't get caught up in those day to day operations so much so that you neglect the next great idea. And when you have a win, you know, I've so many clients who have landed contracts with Walmart or Whole Foods or really large retailers to get their products in there, or they've, they've built a client list where the clients just keep on coming and they get complacent. You know, I can't do that in my business, right? I need my clients and you never know when a handful of clients is going to leave all at the same time. So I'm always out there innovating, offering new services, offering new webinars and and teleseminars and things like that, workshops, speeches. You know, you got to stay out there. So these entrepreneurs are making mistakes and sometimes it's just too late to breathe, you know, life back into the company. So what's your next great thing? What can can you marry with your product or service that will again set you apart and keep you going when times change? And so that segues perfectly into our next our next tip here. Again, more complacency i can 't believe how many entrepreneurs never bothered to upgrade their skills, and you know when you allocate all of your available cash and your human energy to your business it 's really impossible to invest in training and education for yourself or knowledge or to bring on somebody who you know, who has the knowledge and keeping abreast of the the latest technology and trends and constantly honing those leadership skills. If you can do those things, then it's going to help you gain and maintain the competitive advantage for sure. And it's going to make you the employer that everybody's going to want to work for, for sure. So these things are important because you want to be able to attract the best talent to your company. And if you're a solopreneur, you want to be able to afford – um, being remember, being a solopreneur doesn't mean you do it all alone. No, 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 no. You want to be able to afford contractors to help you make your business very, very successful. So I have you know one sad story of a caterer who came to me um, many years ago, and she said, you know, I, I just don't know how long I can stay in business because my competitor is just killing it. You know, and I said, okay, let's let's talk. Let's talk about what your competitor is doing. Well, the competitor had a website, and believe it or not, now this was six years ago. I'd say I, this person did not have a website. I just did a one-time con- consultation with this person. She never did come into coaching, sadly, because we could have changed so many of these issues. But um, this caterer did not have a website. And uh, did not have, more importantly, because she didn't have a website, she didn't have a back-end tool for her customers to place orders and such because it was a very niche catering service. They didn't cater parties and that kind of thing. And I don't want to go into what they did cater. But, you know, it it was a weekly thing. Okay. So... The other, the competition after I did a little homework for her, you know, I saw that the competition not only had a website, but they were developing a back end tool for clients to go and change their orders every week and customize their orders every week and uh, my person didn't have any of that. She also did some very foolish spending as well that that could have been curtailed because she was putting her money in all the wrong places. She was an older woman and intimidated by technology, but a lot of young people don't have websites too. So it's important. now. Am I suggest, did I suggest to her that she go out and build a website? No, absolutely not. But she needed to find the funds to do it. And she did. She just didn't make it very robust. She didn't, um, she didn't marry it to her POS and, uh, inventory system. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as helpful as it could have been. So I, I recently learned that she's gone bankrupt and that's just tragic because it really, really did not have to happen. So the competition doesn't have to crush you. Make a list of your weaknesses and make a plan to build upon the skills that you need to, to overcome your weaknesses if you can't acquire those skills yourself then outsource or hire someone who can provide the necessary skills to compete effectively so so important and the same thing with leadership you know good leaders read oh my gosh they read 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 and i know you're saying i don't have time to read but you know so i have a friend who owns a really really busy business (laughs) and uh she and her employees have a book club and they read a book every two months and they get together and they discuss how it could, it's a business book and how it could apply to, to their business. So, you know, they, they make it a part and she pays them to do these meetings and maybe not to read the book, but, you know, I think it's just amazing and she's highly successful. And so that's how she makes sure to get her reading in because she's built it in as an obligation. So we talked about that. Embracing technology is another one. And and this is a little bonus tip that I got from my fellow columnist over at Inc., Eric Sherman. And uh I love this one. And we talked about technology and the importance of embracing it. But when we come back from this break, we're gonna talk about, you know, how you can how you can really miss the boat on technology. Oh, I'm looking at my notes here and I'm thinking, no, this isn't Eric's bonus. This one is mine. (laughs) This one is still mine. So we're on the last tip that I have to offer. And then we're going to go into, oh yeah, Eric's little bonus tip is kind of a fun, sneaky one. And I loved it. So I made sure to record that for you. So, but my next one is embracing new technology. We talked a bit about that in the previous tip, but you want to make sure that you do because remember, the marketplace changes drastically and overnight. And I have some examples of that when we come back from this break. So remember, you can find me at marlatabaca.com Dot com. I invite you to contact me and talk about your business. I'll do an absolutely free consultation with you to see how I can help you grow your business. And uh, I have a pretty high success rate. So drop on by, if you will. We'll be back right after this break.
0: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on TogiNet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippmann on Toginet.com. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. and yes, called in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset.
1: So glad you're here with me today. Thanks for being here. I really enjoy speaking with you and sharing the information that, that I've learned over the years and uh, in growing and scaling businesses to the millions. It's so much fun. I can't tell you. So my last tip for today is it goes along again. It's compatible with the last um, thing we're talking about, and it really is about embracing new technology. New technology can change your business for the better or the worse overnight, and I do seriously mean overnight, okay? Social media is just a great example of that. You, you really need to be ready to adapt or change according to industry trends and just technology trends because your competition can leave you in the dust. Believe it or not, I still hear from people who have no social media presence, and they believe they don't need one. There aren't a whole lot of cases where I think that that's true. To be honest, I mean, I don't know. Maybe your local roofer doesn't really need a, a large uh, social media presence, but you know, larger businesses, if, if you intend on scaling, if you intend on scaling your business, you really, really do. And so, it's important. When brand engagement on Facebook, for instance, if you're a, a B2C business, you know, like Facebook is the place I go to get things resolved or to learn about a brand or to get a flavor of the brand's um, values, okay? And let me tell you, when, when I've had issues with products or services, even the airlines, uh, I was once having an issue with a, a ticket refund and... Um, I mean, it was a clear-cut case where a refund would be issued, but it just wasn't happening. And I went to their, their Facebook page, and I got a resolution almost immediately. And this kind of engagement, you know, I'll go back to that airlines, even though they screwed up, because um, I know that that kind of customer service is available to me. So I will not choose that airline over another airline if it's a competitive price. So, or even if it 's a little bit more that's that 's important insurance so you know you 've got to you 've got to engage in social media for the most part. I think that 's important for almost everyone so here 's a little story for you um, one client who created something she called this one I can tell you because it's such a nice success story she created something she called camis and what a cami is is it's um it's just a lacy stretchy elastic band that a woman wears around her breast so that it covers up cleavage basically on the lower cut things that she may wear so it's like it's not a whole camisole because those can be really hot and and uncomfortable and you can get like three camis and three different colors for nine ninety nine, you know, that kind of thing. And and yeah, she was doing okay, you know, but not not great. Well, one day she's out to lunch with a friend and She notices her phone ringing and it's her husband and she's like, he knows I'm out to lunch. So she ignored it, but he kept calling back and calling back. So she finally picked up and he said, you need to get home right away. We are flooded with orders. I don't know what to do. So she ran home and what they traced it back to, what happened was someone took a picture from their website and pinned it on Pinterest and it went wild on Pinterest they could not keep up with the orders thank goodness they did they manufactured um, in the states here so they they were able to expedite orders and get enough inventory in but that is literally an overnight change it took less than 24 hours for that picture to go viral and it caused that kind of business to flow through her doors so you got to be ready and and she was you know she was really more than a stroke of luck than anything else but she was poised to take on that kind of business she had shipping uh in place and things like that so it's really important you got to be ready and you got to keep up with those trends again don't don't get so caught up in day-to-day that you're not staying up. So here, finally, is the bonus the bonus tip that I found from my peer, Eric Sherman, over at Inc. He says this, and I'm quoting him. In business, you're taught to cater to customers, at least in theory. But anyone with more than about 15 minutes of experience in the world of commerce will know that some customers are people you just don't want to do business with. There are the obvious cases of abusive people who are oppressive to you and your employees. There are also the ones who... Who want discounts all the time? They demand attention, far in excess of the value of the business they bring, and otherwise cost more than you can ever make from them. So find subtle ways of encouraging them to leave you and take up with your competitors. Say, brilliant. Similarly, there are employees who are not, who are just a poor fit, but um, they're also a detriment to the organization. Send them on their way, hopefully, into the uh, employ of your competitors. Bad employees and customers should be part of your business, the part of the business that you happily share with rivals. (laughs) So that's maybe not a really friendly way to view your competitors, but um, it certainly is is cool. So I've got some other tips for you on technology. And again, um, I found these tips – over at Inc.com, one of my other uh, peers there wrote about these, and Yoav and, uh, Vilner is his name, Yoav Vilner, and he's a tech blogger, and he's a startup marketer, and he's a co-founder of Ranky, which is a startup marketing team. So Yoev has a lot of experience in startups, especially in, well, really exclusively in technology. And these are the three tools that he uses to spy on his competition. So I thought that was really fun. And I looked at these tools, and they are all very, very cool. I have never used these, but if Yoyev uses them, they're good for us, let me tell you that. So um, this one is from uh, the House of Maz, Moz, M-O-Z. And it is probably one of the more well-known platforms for investigating a website's marketing efforts and the search engine authority. So how, how well they do in search. And it, it may seem very simple, but there's so much you can do with this tool, I found out. And you can put it your information if you have the upgraded account. It's a free tool, by the way. But if you have an upgraded account, you can download this information into an Excel spreadsheet And uh, wow, it can be very powerful. So for example, uh, you can spot who is mentioning and linking online to your competitors. So you can get some inspiration about uh, the types of sites that might be able to link to you or even outreach to the same blogger for a content cooperation and so on and so forth. So get some inspiration from that and uh, this is OpenSite Explo- explorer so OpenSiteExplorer.com it's a is a really dynamic tool and um, let's say for instance if your online competitor is is starting is a is a startup working with um, whatever and and they're really putting a lot of effort into their seo and they're getting great social mentions and link backs from all over the web. You might want to just see what they're doing. And there's a tab on Open Site Explorer called Just Discovered. And it, it's actually showing us the links that went live in just the last few hours with the exact time that they went live. So again, inspiration for you to go in and find out, okay, who is my competitor talking to? And uh, what are they gaining? So, um, it's, it's, it looks like a very, very, very cool site. Although again, I've never used it, but I, I, and I don't know if I'll have a need for it in my industry, but, uh, as far as competition, but you know what? Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting for me to look at some of my fellow coaches' sites on there and see what what they're up to. So another one that Yoif talks about is Quick Sprout. Q U I C K S P R O U T, and uh, it's managed by uh, founder of companies like Crazy Egg and Kissmetrics. So uh, he built this. The guy, the founder, built this tool. And uh, let's see what Yoyev has to say about it. Okay, let's see. This is quoting Yoyev now this time. Let's say, say you are my online competitor performing growth hacking for startups, okay, because that's what he does. You'll most likely be interested in knowing what are the best posts in my own company's blog, as you will guess that I am using it to market myself. So I guess what QuickSpot does is it lets you analyze the entire website of your competitor and show you the amount of social shares that each blog gets, which is amazing to know because you may sitting out be sitting out there thinking, oh, you know, this guy is getting 10 million shares and he's not. So Or vice versa. Oh, this is stupid. This is a stupid message. And then you see it's getting like thousands of shares and you're like, uh oh, I better take a closer look to this. So you can, you can really um, gain some information. And the the last one that Yoiaf talks about is HubSpot, I'm sorry, HubSpot Marketing Grader. And HubSpot is a, a pretty pricey platform designed to be like a one-stop shop for any marketing out there so you can use it for a lot of different things but they have a free tool called marketing Grader, and you look at your competitor's site and the tool lists all of the basic marketing actions he's taking or not so this is a, a pretty pretty cool tool as well and it it grades. It it gives grades to what they're doing so that you can, you know, really take a look at the power of it. So a lot of good tips there from Yoyev. And if you want to read more about that, you can find him on Inc. dot com and uh his name, I'll spell his last name for you, it is Vilner, V-I-L-N-E-R. You can just search on him, Yoyav, Y-O-A-V, Vilner, um, on ink, and you'll find all this good stuff. So that's a wrap for today, folks. I know I gave you a ton of information and uh I hope that y- you can put some of it to use and that you found it valuable. So I want to thank you for being here on Million Dollar Mindset. And I will certainly see you back here again next week. Meanwhile, go ahead and say hi. Drop me a note at marla at marlatabaca.com. If you have things you'd like me to cover here on Million Dollar Mindset or topics you think might be amazing on Ink that can help people grow or answer some of your questions and dilemmas, I'm always a you know, open to hearing about what you have to say. So I can't use everything I get, but sometimes a little golden nugget comes through and and somebody gets a mention because of it. So, you know, think about that. Thank you again. I am Marla Tabaka, com, and Marla Tabaka on Twitter and Facebook. Join me in social and we'll see you here on TogiNet Radio next week. And I'm looking forward to that. Have an amazing week.